no matter what my baby sister says, I don't want you to think I'm stupid. But no one seems to think that maybe the FBI is stupid or that maybe it wasn't my fault, but my parents, since they suddenly decided that I needed to find a job and move out because only losers still live with their parents at 28. And that was when I said that they meant slacker and not loser, but they didn't know what slacker meant since English is their second language. Lightning recap. In Rabi Alamedin's The Prom Terrorists, prom gets dramatic when the FBI gets involved. You've got a little time. We've got a little podcast. Thank God this is Short Story Short Podcast. Woo! I am Chris Garcia here today with um allergic to everything christy and you know i am so happy that we are headed towards the holidays uh my kids are off the thing they call school i'm back in the swing of things been scanning things like a person who scans things and like a scanner ish ish (laughs) but uh mostly i've been reading short stories what short story have i read uh, you read The Prom Terrace by Rabi Alamedin, which I thought was called One Rapper's Dreams of FBI Stardom because Lit Hub will get me every time with their need to kind of define a story in a single little pithy quote, which is nice, but it's confusing. Uh, I 100% still believe that my slut Jimmy ghost can go to hell is a far better title than here preached his last. Um, yeah, that's the thing is they actually make better titles than the original title. No shame to the author here, but one rapper's dreams of FBI stardom is a fantastic title. And it drew me in the prom terrorists. Okay. All right. But not as good as one rapper's dreams of FBI stardom. I really want to know what's going on there. So as far as titles go, maybe lit hub should be titling everything in the world. Bold statement. I'm full of them. Get behind. (laughs) (laughs) This is a story that could only be given to us post 9-11. Yes. And it is a... I'm going to actually, when we sort of get into the nuts of this one, I'll be looking at it through the lens of another story we read. Girl by Jamaica Kincaid. Oh, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay. And I think one of the things that I love about this story is that the voice is so thoroughly realized in every single phrase in here. Uh, just my my personal favorite is, uh, I only know a few curse words in my parents' motherfucking tongue. So during the interview when the intimidating FBI officer with the Stalin mustache asked me if I spoke Arabic, I panicked and said, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. It is very um, immersive, the voice. It's, it's, there's a lot, like anything will be sacrificed to maintain that voice. And that includes periods. Correct. And I think that that aspect of this is where things do get a little more interesting because I think we're supposed to believe 
that this is a, as my grandmother would say, verbal vomiting. Um, it is just every thought in the head needs to come out all at once, and there has to be no stop. And when you keep going. If we stop, we'll die. This story is a shark. This story is a shark. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's peppered with elements that put it decidedly in a time. Uh, uh, where the I had popped I had popped an edible before the interview. Pineapple, twenty milligrams THC. Um, which pineapple and weed do not go together. I'm sorry. I know people. <laughs> I know people who love it, and I do not understand. I find them to be gross. But uh, is this going to be the new uh, pineapple on pizza that we're all going to argue about? Instead, it's going to be pineapple weed. Well, pineapple on pizza though is fantastic. Weed on pizza, yes. not fantastic. True. True. These takes, they are hot. Um, <laughs> like pizza. Now, I do have to say, though, um, there's a line in here that made me want to throw this story across the room. <laughs> from the text. But we were in the hellhole known as Fresno, which was better than the shithole. But no, 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 Fresno is remarkable. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. It brought us William Soroyan and thus me employment. So anger at this. <laughs> I'm I'm impressed that I managed to pick a story that immediately, like within six lines, sent you into uh one of your classic Chris Garcia rages. <laughs> I I really want to do a uh what in the old days you would call a videotape of me just raging against nothing. Um this hand holder doesn't tear right. Um <laughs> my pure joy is actually pulling the rings of the can holders apart so that they stretch and then they break eventually. Your you, you hobbies hobbies are a thing. Well, it's like ASMR except for the hand. Um, I see, I see, I see. But the story goes on to tell us about one of the more interesting proms in history. <laughs> And there's a lot here that, first, of course, the characters are, I believe it's just second generation. Or were they the first, I can't remember the mentioned if they were the first generation born here or not. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if they were, if it got that specific about it, just knowing that they were. Mm -hmm. hmm. Which makes sense. So something about Fresno. And one of the reasons why I find it so such a fascinating place, other than the food, because it's Armenians and it's Mexicans and it's Uyghurs and it's collected in one place, T-Rex on, um, is it is a place of the second generation. And it is where a lot of different communities, Filipinos, Chinese, when over the centuries really since the late 1800s have come into Fresno to raise families because it's inexpensive and it's inexpensive because it's in the godforsaken middle of nowhere <laughs> that, uh that sounds familiar I think I'm living there yeah but you y'all have coal Fresno has raisins <laughs> interesting interesting yeah yeah we do have coal 
that's that's been a big draw for for a lot of people raisins is everybody um at the raisin factory everybody works at the raisin factory is that what happens well, it is the largest producer of raisins in the United States and one of the three biggest in the world. Um, the, the Fresno Chamber of Commerce. But um, this idea of a city like Fresno, which has this outward like hellhole appearance because it's boiling hot, it's in the middle of the Central Valley, but it is a place where people of different ethnicities gather. And I do believe it does have a Fresno FBI office, <laughs> which is, it would be, it would be one of the smaller cities in the U.S. to have one. Um, but it's this idea that here in this place, things like this can happen because it is a gathering place for second generation people who have aspirations of greatness. And William Soroyan is the best example of that, poet Gary Soto. There's a whole bunch of folks. Uh, an NFL player who did very well for two seasons and then broke his knee. Um, but it's there's a lot here that, again, roots it in time and place. But that time is decidedly post 9-11 when our view of Muslims in America changed inexorably. I mean, forever. And there are lots of negatives to that as this story sort of alludes to. Yeah, it definitely, um, it has that sense of coming from a, a, a very diverse gathering place. And um, then you also have the fact that the uh, FBI is kind of, of course, they're, they want somebody who is uh, Muslim so they can infiltrate the mosque. You know, it, it is all very targeted, you know? And that, I think, is real key, because this is not just a conspiracy theory story. It is a the mundanity of those who get caught up, potentially, <laughs> in conspiracy theory story. And that is what really, I mean, bing, my head bumping goes off, uh, having read a lot about Operation Paperclip last week. <laughs> <laughs> But I love the language, of course, and uh, Rabi, whose name, last name, I can, Alamedin, I think. Yeah, I, I know that I've mispronounced it and I apologize, but I, uh, I tried. Yeah, the language implied here is so precisely layered. Almost nothing in this moves the plot forward without decorating it with the speaker so thoroughly you know fuck off you imperious tool <laughs> and to get back at her i laced her diet coke with k but then thought what a waste and drank it myself <laughs> and also we know this guy this the <laughs> this, the voice here the, the 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 man who is gets wrapped up into this conspiracy theory we know him we know that guy who's like I mean, not personally know him, but we can all imagine that guy who's like, yeah, I'm going to drug my sister's drink. But, you know, it's still drugs. So maybe I should take them. <laughs> I love that. I really do. And of course, we're getting all of the things that we expect from young people in America and the word prom in general. We're getting sex. We're getting drugs and we're getting the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> Taco Bell, very important. Uh, 
this is something that I'm working on a theory that I'm going to write a whole dissertation about uh, for my PhD in uh, American fast food studies, that this idea that Taco Bell represents the reality of second generation Americans of ethnic descent. It's not just, you know, second generation Mexicans, it's everyone, you know, second generation Filipinos in particular that I'll talk about very extensively about how Taco Bell represents their trusty, not only their trusty go-to for food, but their trusty go-to, this is where I go when I have the moment and I need to have somewhere that's me. I'm uh, very interested in reading this essay when you have completed it. Don't patronize me. You know I'm not going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then I won't bother patronizing you. (laughs) Uh, By the way, join my Patreon. Um, But I think some of the beauty of the ways that we see things backing against one another, like uh, Muhammad A and Muhammad K, this idea that this is something that, again, you see a lot in a lot of places where you have the example that I always go to, I think, is it, is it my so-called life where there are six Patels? Uh, I know it was a 90s high school yeah, that show. Yeah, doesn't, that doesn't quite ring a bell. I just did a rewatch of my so-called life a couple of months ago, which I highly recommend anyone uh, do because I forgot how good that show is. Um Mm-hmm. But uh, but I it, the 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 joke sounds familiar and the the concept. Yeah, it's in something like that. But uh, where you have these concentration of uh, ethnicities, which lead to, of course, certain names coming up over and over again, and that idea you see all over the place. You saw it in the around here in the seventies. You knew that someone was born in America if their name was John, and you one was born in Mexico if their name was Juan. Ah, yes. And either way, no matter which way they had their name pronounced or spelled, they were called Johnny. (laughs) (laughs) But it's a beautiful look at this idea of a general expression of what a young Muslim man who finds himself in extraordinary circumstances in much the same way that in girl, the girl is going through a regular life, but we're seeing it as something unusual. Now here, truly, more happens. Yeah, yeah, FBI, terrorists, prom, uh, bleachers, people doing things in them. (laughs) There's far less K in uh, Jamaican work, um, which is strange because her name has two Ks in it. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, you know what, if I, if there is a complaint that I have heard the most about Jamaica Kincaid, it's that she doesn't have enough K in her work. It's not enough drugging people. It's, you know, I have the same problem with Nathaniel Hawthorne. But, uh, but what's beautiful is that we can start to connect to this story because of the, of the, recognizable oh yeah these are things that every kid goes through it's just that the main plot just happens to be something that is super extraordinary in the history of our country really that could only happen in this one sort of slice of time but at the same time it's just it's just in in a sea of 
regular normal human activity well young american human activity yeah i think that's what that's what makes it um such a striking story is you have that uh juxtaposition of this modern day you know the conspiracy theory and anti-muslim sentiment and uh you know law enforcement all crashing in on a very normal mundane american experience that that is like either everybody does or it's a, it's a reference point for us you know everybody has prom stories you know i like how you ended up at the hospital because some guy slashed his hand on a candle holder um <laughs> see see everybody has prom stories and if you don't have prom stories that you have the oh you didn't go to prom what you do instead or something like that you know so it's very much a touchstone and then throwing this this other element in it that is so different and alien you know the idea of conspiracies and and terrorism and everything is very much not prom <laughs> i think is really what makes it uh memorable i had two dates to my senior prom i just want that out there um everybody should know that in fact uh everybody should know I always point that out, but it's really interesting that we get this sort of slice of moment and we now have enough distance from when this moment really would have been, because really this is a story that was 2010 to 2020, I would say, somewhere in there. And we have a little bit of distance away from it. So now that we can start to weigh these little pieces that are in here against the experiences of today, which not all that different, <laughs> but uh, I love I love this story. I think it's the lack of periods is I wouldn't say it doesn't weird the language um, like verbing uh, adjectives, but it does make it it makes it feel more immediate to me. It certainly does. And you also have the fact that it's in um, first person and present tense, too. Uh, all those things kind of combine. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, wait, it, let me make sure. Is it? No, maybe it's past tense. I was just reading. Uh, well, that, that's interesting. No matter what my baby sister says, I don't want you to think I'm stupid, but no one seems to think that maybe the FBI is stupid or maybe but it's it's hard because it jumps around in time. So it's 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 hard mm -hmm. to definitely like and that makes the present tense less immediate. But yeah, I think it's in present tense. I'm gonna go with it. Here's my question. When we are rambling, are we rambling in a single tense? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, you refer to different points in time and then you change the the verb that you're using, the, the tense of the verb, so it's you know past or past perfect or whatever. Um, I don't know. I think we're we're rambling. You know what? I'm gonna make this I'm gonna make this a thing. We are rambling in all eternity. That's deep, man. That's like Dylan type stuff, except for Dylan. Yeah. Well. My little secret is that uh, I ghost wrote all of his songs. So many things make sense now. I, I, I know. Down all those roads. Um, I love, actually, my favorite thing here is how beautifully 
the ending wraps everything up in a neat little bow. <laughs> and uh, it's what's great about it is that it makes it seem like the most important thing is that he ruined his sister's night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, when it comes down to it, like, that's what you have to live with, you know? You, he might never see those those FBI dudes again, you know, but he's going to have to live for the rest of his life with his sister being like, you know, I could have gotten laid at prom and I didn't. And it was your fault, dick. Yeah, I think that's what I'm I'm most impressed about this with, even though the last thing we hear is I didn't even get the $50 the FBI promised. <laughs> It really comes as the bow on top of, oh, yeah, and uh, uh, everyone at school thought she was doing sinful things under the bleach, and all she wanted to do was get fucking laid. Um, like, this whole concept, there's an absurdity to it on one level, but it's an absurdity we recognize as being a part of a reality. This is, in a way, a reference to two generations of teen party films. <laughs> yes. This can only exist in a universe where Can't Hardly Wait was an actual event. Uh, of course, all our brains go straight to Can't Hardly Wait. <laughs> I love, I cannot tell you how many times I've seen that movie. <laughs> I like it. How about you? I like it. Yes. Although um, my teen comedy that I was my go-to when I was in college, I would watch 10 Things I Hate About You over and over and over and over and over. I saw that. I love 10 Things I Hate About You. I just wanted to say that. No, no, fantastic movie. And I, I agree with you, obviously. You know, it was based on a Shakespeare play. No, no, it was based on um, Nathaniel Hawthorne. We keep going back to Nathaniel Hawthorne because we're reading him in a couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the play it was based on is called Tootsie. Uh, they made a movie out of it starring Robert Redford. It was really good. That's also a really good movie. And it, like several people's heads just exploded from, from all that in that sentence. They deserve it. Um, yeah. Like in Scanners. <laughs> all yes. All the movies. <laughs> We're talking about all the movies. Welcome to Short Movie, Short Podcast. Actually, those are all pretty long movies. Um, yeah, I know. But uh, long movie, long podcast. What, like, what am I doing here? Fair point. Got anything else on this one there, Christy? Uh, no, I have a massive amount of phlegm in my head, though, from, from the, all the pollen that's trying to kill me. So... Uh, I got that. But this was a good story. I enjoyed it. Uh, and I was even able to deal with the lack of periods. I love I love how that works. Hey, Christy. Yes. You know what else I love? Uh, what else do you love? I love reading short stories once a week. Oh, so do I. But you know what? Next week. I would prefer not to. <laughs> but I'm going to because we're going to be reading Bartleby the Scrivener. Herman Melville, uh, who also wrote Perdido Street Station, I think. Uh, Good old Herman. Herm. Herm. That's what you like to be called. So we're going to give that a good reading.
I've got something stuck in my throat, which hurts a lot. Oh, wow, we God. are doing very well, the both of us today. There we go. Okay. Well, until then, <laughs> <laughs> this has been a short story, short podcast. <laughs>